the hands of power have shifted and the hands of influence have shifted where it's going to destroy, cause many places to be destroyed because they don't want to, they, they don't want to become change. They don't want to hold on to change. Are you guys with me? They don't want to hold on to change. Oh, 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 sorry, they, they hold on to the old and they don't want to change. And uh, uh, same thing with the churches. So we focus on live stream. We have, trust me, <laughs> um, almost a third of our finances, if not a bit more, comes in from online. So when I was away, guess what? <laughs> uh, a third of our finances dropped because people didn't see my face online. Uh, you know, so it is just, that's just because online people are not committed. You know, um, they're not committed. So, so unless if you are on an online church and you're part of an online e-group, can we really take your word? But otherwise, uh, get into our online church, get into our e-group, become committed. You'll be amazed how God can raise you up. We are limited. This is our building. This is our size. We have to go over to two services um, in the mornings, but we will only do it if you invite your friends and family or if more e-group members come. But it's, you know, when you do it again, then the services are empty again, but then you have room to grow. And uh, we're possibly going to do that next year as the year starts, so we will pray about it. But, um, uh, 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 you know, the way where the country is going, Trust me, you need church and you need God. The only sad thing is that people only come to church when things are bad. And then they wonder, why am I not blessed? Because you didn't listen to the Holy Ghost like a burden or even a summon which we are going to get into today. And people failed that voice. Listen, when the anointing comes on you, it can be a matter of months, months, before God begins to decide to make you a great person. What I mean a great person? A general in the kingdom. Many might reject you, but it is the anointing that makes the difference. Once the anointing comes on somebody, but now how does it come on me? It comes on people who serve. Listen, I'm standing in front of you and I'm giving you the solution of what I've done my whole life. We have seen ministry all around the world. We know what is one plus one is two. The anointing comes on those who serve and give themselves 100%. And then those who don't become jealous when God chooses to anoint those who have gone through the process. They become jealous of them and they begin to attack them. Are you guys with me? We have these people, we have some really jealous people, some old people, uh, very jealous because maybe they messed up their whole life. They're living in a life of regret. Now turn to bitterness and animosity and all they can do is just attack Leon de Priya. What a poor, selfish, insignificant life you have. That the only words that come out of your mouth every day is just how evil Leon de Priya is. What an insignificant life you have. Never become like that, church. Please, never become like that. That is people who are caught up in their own bitterness and they don't even realize the curse of God that is upon their lives. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. It's nothing personal. Don't think, oh, Leona's thinking highly of himself because they do videos and everything on a Sunday. No, that's what the Bible says. If you would have walked into anointing, then if people would have touched you, then things would have also happened. And as I said, it's not God that does anything to anyone that touched the anointed. It's the anointing. When Uzzah caught the Ark of the Covenant and he died on the spot, spot, 
when the ark was tumbling, it was not God that killed him. It was his flesh that was too much in a thing or a place that is holy. And when he touched the ark, the electricity of the anointing and the presence of God, which is a current, okay, it's an electricity. If you look at the ark of the covenant, it has a positive and a negative. It has wood and gold. It has conducting abilities, which carries power. And when a person is in the flesh and in carnality, guess what? When they touch that power, they get burnt out or they short circuits. And what happened to Uzzah is Uzzah died. One thing I realized, even the floor I'm walking on here, trust me, it's holy. Anybody takes a mic here, some of you have testified, you'll feel the fear coming on you when you stand here. Because it is ordained of God. It is not just a stage. We have seen angels here. When I would preach here, this whole building shook because of angels that came into this building. And I was preaching and I was walking this way. And as I walked this way, they began to fall on the roof. Many were here. They began to fall on the roof and walk on the roof. And the building shook until the projectors was out. A wind came in, went through the media team. The papers blew up, blew in the air. Angels. They are winds. They are rainbows. Are you guys with me? So we have seen in, in, in Kruger's door, what have we seen on this, on this stage? The face of Jesus Christ appearing on the stage. While my wife and I at that moment got on our knees on front of live stream to pray for Jesus to appear in the houses. And even as I speak like this, 80% here think I'm lying. That's the carnality that is in. And then people wonder, but why are they not experiencing God? You cannot experience God if you're not expectant continually and you are not excited continually about spiritual things. Carnality kills the spirit. Flesh kills the spirit. Trust me. You see, people don't live fasted lives. They don't live prayer lives. So all they are is in the flesh. All they are is in carnality. Watching television all day, all night. Playing PlayStation. You know, I got a PlayStation 5. It's sitting there. And I was, I was this whole year, I'm like, please can I just play? And I didn't get time this whole year. And uh, I think maybe like Christmas, I'm going to have time. But uh, usually it's like that. Like around Christmas time, I can play a little bit of PlayStation and then we're too busy. But how can I do that if there's a burden or a pulling in my spirit? Be busy with stuff of mere men. South Africa fails to understand the greatness there is in the calling of God. It is not Leon that anoints, it is not Leon that promotes, it is God that promotes. I can just see the people that are serving and I can see, I can see who pays the price by the anointing that is on them and the hand of God that is on them. Literally, I want to challenge you to go beyond just church membership. And that's why we're preaching these messages about burdens and summons. Are you guys with me? So why are we so focused online? Because God has blessed us online. We, we are growing very fast. We're one of the ministries, one of the ministries in South Africa that's the biggest online engagement in the whole of South Africa.
We are the biggest ministry. We are, we are the, we're, we're the ministry with the biggest amount of partners in South Africa. Which means it is God's hand of approval in terms of the vision. It's just going to take a bit of time. But the Bible says, even if the vision tarries, it will not tarry. But write it down and make it plain, which we, which we have done. But uh, uh, even though it tarries, even though it feels like it's taking long, it will not take long. We are only six years old. We got three churches in the continent that is strong in, in six years. Um, it, is not, it is not too bad. We could have chosen to move from this building to a bigger building. We just couldn't find buildings. And uh, if we do, we're going to waste about six million with a rental. And uh, for me, it's just not worth it right now. You know, we'd rather buy land and build or we purchase a big building. That is the way rather to go. Instead of, you know, churches that just move, 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 they lose a lot of capital and they never get up from their feet. So you see churches that really suddenly build or just go big. They have saved or they've worked. They just stayed consistent for many years, building people strong. And then suddenly they make a big move. So, uh, you know, we work, we can always go multiple services here. We're actually extending this building a little bit to the best of our capacity that maybe we can get like 50 more people in maybe. And, um, and then... Um, then, uh, you know, obviously Krugersdorp, we have, we have quite a lot of plans there that will be happening very soon as well because Krugersdorp is growing also. And, uh, uh, but I just don't want uh, people to think that we are not, you know, somebody left the church. They were very arrogant, very prideful, very self-righteous spirit. And they said, oh, there's no loss being won. Well, what loss have you won, brother? We're sitting on 800 people in e-groups, 800, sitting with 1,200, that's excluding Cape Town. We're sitting with 80 e-groups, we're sitting with 100 groups. We're sitting with 130 groups, including Cape Town. Um, you know, so uh, we see the church growing constantly and constantly. But you're also blinded by pride. So, so the person, you, they got saved in our church three months, four months. But uh, you see, when you open up your ears to the wrong voice, Hmm. It's even difficult for Jesus to help you. That's scripturally, that's correct. Are you guys with me? So God has blessed us online where we have an incredible reach, you know, incredible reach. I mean, I was just looking this week. This week we reached 800,000 people with engagement. And uh, uh, we have an incredible reach and uh, we'll do one. That's why the, the anointing is just upon our lives. If we do live stream or so, and we've built certain studios. So even beyond just this on a Sunday, we go even beyond and we do uh, live streams in the week because that's a whole separate ministry. Uh, and I see a lot of churches not getting it right, which just tells me that it is God. Um, you know, when I talk like this, I have churches literally phoning me in the week complaining. How dare you say that I am not getting it right? I'm going to talk about it. I said, why, why do you take it so personal? Is something bothering you? That when I said it, is the, does the shoe fit? <laughs> you know, and I've had many big churches contacting me or sending messages and saying, we are very disappointed about how you spoke about us. <laughs> I didn't speak about you. You think I spoke about you. That might just be the prophetic, but uh, prophets, are, prophets are hated, prophets are despised.
They are. They are loved by one day by everyone. The next day they are hated by the same. So it is not always easy. You know, this whole year I was, I was pressurized to not move in the prophetic and I had to repent of it. And that is a spirit that is in the nation. That's why you will see very few prophets. I'm not speaking of the fake ones. You'll see very few prophets, if maybe even a handful that is operating in the nation. Are you guys with me? Because, and I'm speaking of those who are genuine, who has fruits, where people can say, I've received props from this one, this exactly happened. I, this, and they can have testimonies. We have hundreds and hundreds of testimonies when it comes to prophecy. Hundreds, factual, evidence, prophecies. And Paul says that, that is the letter of my approval. That is my epistle. Change lives. Are you guys with me? But now everybody wants to be a prophet. And they prophesy every month, every night, or they prophesy, and, and, and they prophesy over the same five people all the time. Come on. Or they see, genuinely, I know, some of them have come to me and they say, How much money do you make with the prophetic? I promise you. So, what do I tell them? Little? A lot? I mean, I don't know what to tell them. To entrap them, I say, I make millions. <laughs> to entrap them. Next day, they call themselves a prophet. God is my witness. This thing has become an industry. And people float around titles like it is, you don't know what. Say with me, summons. So last week we spoke about burdens of the Spirit. You know, Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham went around looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Living in tents, he had a burden in him that pushed him to say there must be more than what I can see with my physical eyes. And then Moses came to a city. And the Bible says Moses found a city, a spiritual city. I don't know if you guys are with me on this one. It says that the Lord, give me the name of the city. Give me the, the Lord hailed from there with 10,000 saints. Give me that verse. The Lord hailed from that city with 10,000 of His saints. It doesn't speak of angels. It doesn't speak of heavenly beings. It's speaking of spiritual beings living on the earth. Just hold on. Are you guys with me? Leon, you're preaching heresy. No. Where is that? Deuteronomy 33 verse 2. Put on the screen. King James, Deuteronomy 33 verse 2. Sinai. Listen, and the Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran. It was Mount Paran was the place. This is the Lord shining forth from Mount Paran. And He came with 10,000 of saints. Now theologians were confused with this verse and they tried to interpret all different natural means. You must understand when we get to a lot of theologians, they try to naturalize the Bible. Yes. While it is a spiritual book. Are you guys with me? With 10,000 of saints from His right hand and went a fiery law for them. Next verse. 
Give me the one word it says that Moses was king over them. Also, look at that one. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand. And they sat down at his feet. Everyone shall receive your words. Verse 5. Go next verse. Moses commanded us a law. Even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. And he, say with me, he, he. Moses was king in Jeshuron, which is Mount Paran. So listen to this. Have you ever read that Moses was a king? No. But it says Moses was a king over a spiritual city. Coming from Mount Paran. Where the Lord comes with His 10,000 saints. Moses gave them the law. Moses gave, so you had the tribes of Israel and then you had one tribe that was a spiritual one. And it confused, they would walk like normal people on the earth. I, what am I trying to do? I know we can get a lot of pushback on this message. I'm just trying to explain the power of the kingdom of God. Because we try to naturalize this gospel. Where we think everything is natural. No. If you can tap into the things of the Spirit, your life will be changed forever. What is burden? Say with me, it's spiritual. What is summonings? Listen, I spoke last week on burdens. A burden is a pressure. It is a feeling that you have to do something. A burden is, uh, it is, it is like a, uh, it is like a knock inside of you. It is like a feeling that you, it is like a pulling that you have to do something. But to go deeper than this, say with me, summons. To go deeper than this, there is something we call the summons of the Holy Ghost. You see, a burden first can attack you. A burden can come to you, and we read all the scriptures last week. A burden can come to you, and this message takes really three weeks to unpack. So last, next week, Sunday, will be the final version of this series. Uh, a burden can attack you. You can open up the refrigerator and you want to eat something. And let's say you're about four weeks finished already with your fast. And as you eat something, you just have this conviction in you. Am I allowed to eat this or not? Only those who have ever fasted will understand what we're saying, okay? The others will be like, huh? People can be so dumb in the spirit. They're just like, you can talk to them spiritual things. They're saying, huh? Just, must just put your hand on your shoulders, on your neighbor's shoulder and say, Lord, deliver me from stupidity. You know what the anointing does? It opens your eyes. It gives you intelligence. It gives you a sagacity. It gives you the ability to be on the cutting edge. The anointing is real. It is the substance of the Holy Ghost. And this thing can only come for those who have given their lives completely to Jesus Christ and they're serving Him wholeheartedly. And there's a heart change by the Spirit of God. You'll see a person going from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light instantly. Are you guys with me? And it requires them to run after the fire of the Holy Ghost, to serve flat out at a local church, 
and we spoke about how does fresh oil come? It comes to those who are planted in the local church, established. They shall be like a palm tree planted by the rivers. They shall be like a cedar from Lebanon. They shall be fruitful and even prosper into their, their old age. Which means there will be longevity and prosperity. Mm, are you guys with me? But people go from one church to the other and they're like a tree being rooted out and being planted. And every time you transplant a tree, that tree takes four seasons or something before it fully blossoms, if it will blossom, if it doesn't die. And we do this with our spiritual lives and we wonder, but why is everything a wreck? Because you're nowhere planted in a vision, in a place where my roots can run deep into the ground. Because people have harbored bitterness, especially in the church, offenses and bitterness, and they cause their destinies to be lost because of offenses. Before you wipe out your eyes, you are 55. Before you look again, you are 65. And then you think, oh, if only I have done this and that. Don't live your life in regrets. Are you guys with me? If you get saved at an old age, it's different. If you get to know a powerful church or a church that's moving revelation like us, it's a different story at an old age. God can redeem the time and God. But then don't be somebody who's sitting at the element of the anointing, at a place that, is, that is, has everything. And they are spoiled and they're just sitting, thinking, ah, oh, tomorrow, you know, I'll do this later. Next year, I'm going to give myself fully. Next year is going to become the year thereafter. It's going to become the year thereafter. Time is a strange thing. It will run away from you so quickly. Before you open or before you wink your eyes, time has run away from you. God is nothing personal and God moves on. And maybe He touches the generation after you and you wasted a life which you could have proven for eternity. Have a mansion in heaven. Are you guys with me? Is this boring? Because some of you look like you know this or some of you look like you're hating me or some of you look like you're upset with me. Just relax, repent and get on fire. It is as simple as that. The oil comes when you repent. Fresh anointing comes when a person repents. It changes them completely. It makes their heart on fire. So you get a burden. Say with me, a burden. That will attack you like food in a refrigerator. A burden will come and say, why are you eating this food? Or a burden will come to say, you must phone this one or that one. And you don't. And then they phone you late and they say, oh, this just happened. And you think, but I knew it. I knew I had to phone that one. That is a burden. But then you get what we call a summons. You see, a summons goes way deeper. A burden has no time scale, meaning you can, you can kind of like have a burden, you can ignore that burden and 10 years later that burden can kind of like still be there. A summons is immediately. Are you guys with me? The word summons means it is a legal document issued by a court or by an administrative agency of government for various purposes. It is a legal document to which you can't turn against. Mm. It is the issue to call or to convene. It is to issue a call or to issue a convene. It is to command by service. It is to call upon a specified action. It is to call forth, to evoke. 
You see, the problem with us is that our ears have been silenced to the summons of God. Because there are God's summonings that comes upon people. It is the calling of God that comes on them. I know it hasn't dropped yet and it's going over your head. When a summoning comes, it is impossible for you to say no. Let's go to, let's go to, let's go to a Bible verse. Before people say, I'm not using the Bible. Let's go to Isaiah 46 verse 10. Put in the uh, NIV for me. Isaiah 46 verse 10. I only use two translations. I actually never use the NIV. But for this purpose, I want to. I use King James and I use NLT. But Isaiah 46 verse 10, listen to this. I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, speak of prophecy, and I'll do all that I please. From the east, say with me, I summon a bird of prey. He's saying, go one verse back. Can we speak about mysteries? Is that okay? Mysteries in Scripture. Uh, 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 secrets in Scripture. I make known the end from the beginning. If you find yourself in a prophetic church, there's something called a prophetic privilege, which you have to tap into. It requires a desperation, a consistency, a violent tenacity, even a rudeness or breaking rules or protocol. But you say in your heart that I will grab a hold of a prophetic privilege. What is that? To know my end from the beginning. Joseph knew his end from the beginning. It is not only God. Are you guys with me? He can come and reveal it to you in a blueprint. It is your privilege. It is your rights. It is what we call prophetic rights. It is your inheritance. If you are a child of the prophet or in the house here with a DNA upon you, you'll be amazed how things will open in your DNA. Oh, you'll be amazed. Please do not think that prophets are mere men. Have your seats, have your seats. Please do not think. You know, the biggest mistake we can make is to think a prophet is a mere man. The Bible says we are not mere men. As you think, Paul says it. Kenneth Hagen preached the message. He said, we are not mere men. Mere men is natural men. Don't look at a vessel of God and see him as a natural person. (laughs) Everything of you might be locked up in that person. But right there, you disqualify yourself. Jesus' own family called him a madman out of his mind. The public called him a fraud and a con man. When he came to his own hometown, he couldn't do anything but lay his hands on some and some gets healed. Because those who are familiar with you are 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 those that usually can't receive. That's what I'm saying. I hope Centurion is not too familiar with uh, the gift. Are you guys with me? The prophetic requires a demand to be placed upon it to pull out things 
Are you guys with me? So there are prophetic privileges and prophetic rights in a church. And please, nowadays everybody's calling themselves a prophet. And it happens all over. Now everybody's apostles, prophets, apostles, prophets, apostles, prophets. It's okay. You know, I just know that some of the stories behind it. So how was I called into the prophetic ministry? I was summoned by an angel, not by a thought. I have people who call themselves prophets. Before they did it, they'll tell me, I think I'm a prophet, you know. I think, do you think I'm a prophet? I think I'm a prophet. I'll be like, okay, no, if you think you're a prophet, probably a prophet. And then they call themselves a prophet. I don't think people understand the severity of putting yourself in a place a grace that is not supplied grace for you. Put yourself in a position where there's no supply of grace. And you go through trouble and trouble and trouble or you just never take off in ministry. And everything becomes a burden and pressure that you cannot handle. Are you guys with me? The moment I move out of the prophetic, the grace of God is coming off me. Even this year, when men's words became too much for me, many ministers' words, and they threatened me, I began to back off with the prophetic, and I felt the grace of God slowly lifting. Are you guys with me? Then there's others, and prophets get slaughtered. Then there's others who desire, say, oh, I so want to be a prophet. Never desire this thing. You don't know what you're desiring. People think prophets have money. No, there can be prophets that can be poor. Because their life is a message to others. So maybe your message is poverty to people. <laughs> and you say, I want to be a prophet. And God is like, okay, you're going to take off all your clothes like Isaiah. You're going to roll around and lie on your side and sleep naked for three years. That is my message for you. That's what God is saying to Isaiah and to Ezekiel. And, that, and, and because a prophet's life is a message. Not just these words. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, but it's still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Say with me, God's purpose will stand in my life. And he says, from the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that. I will bring about, listen, say with me summonings. Say it again, say summonings. There's a mystery of summons. It is not a knock, it is not a feeling. It is a command and an instruction where you have no option to say no. I know you're silent here. Are you guys with me? It is the place where Paul is saying, it's no longer I who live but it is Christ that lives in me. A summons is Paul. Paul first started by a burden in the ministry. Then he went to becoming a servant, then a bond servant, and then he became a prisoner of Christ. He was summoned. When there's a call of God upon your life, when you heed to a burden, a summons will come. When you obey a summons, you enter into what we call the deeper life of Christ. 
it is where things just no longer, your life is no longer your own. You have been purchased and bought with a price. The others can do things which you're not allowed to do. Others can do things that might not even be sin. And God is saying it is not lawful for you to do it. It's not beneficial for you to do it. Why? Because there's a summoning in you. You've entered into a deeper life. A summon is where you have no say in the, in the mix. You have no option. You have no choice. A summon is like when I planted the church, an angel came to me. I had no choice. The Spirit of God came on me. Within one month, somebody uh, that's here sold their car, gave us the money. They got saved two days. Two days they sold their car. What happened to them? A summon. They didn't know. They just got saved two days. We didn't know them. They sold their or they gave, they came with a car keys, yeah, used it for the church. Their only car, 18 years old. What happened? A summon was on them. They were unable to reason. Now, when you get into a place of summoning, you are used by generals are made because they listen to summons. Generals live a life of summons. There are things that I do that I have no choice or option in. It is a summoning in me. I have no choice. It's like something takes my body and it moves me to do something or call that one or ignore that one. Are you guys with me? Say with me the summonings. Have your, have your seats. Have your seats. So it is a life. So, so, so that man gave the car. We sold it. We, we, we purchased things for the church. Within one month, the church was planted. It was a summoning. I always wait for a summoning before I make a move. I wait for a burden before I make a move. People don't wait for burdens. They do it out of themselves. Hmm, this looks nice. This looks intellectual. This looks like a good option. People leave churches like they're changing underwear. This is a nice one. Mm, this is a nice one. Let's go there. Online, let's scroll through this one, scroll through that one, scroll. And the many voices confuse them. Please do not listen to too many voices. The Bible says of reading too many books will make you weary and tired in the book of Ecclesiastics. When listening to too many voices, because Leon is saying tithe. Leon is saying there are prophets and apostles, there are dimensions. Now you listen to... Uh, Joel Austin, I mean, Joe Soap around the corner. I love Joel Austin, okay? I just always uh, joke with him. But uh, so they scroll down and they listen to something else and saying, oh no, tithing is not in the New Testament. You know, there's no such thing. These people that are calling themselves prophets and we are all equal. Nowhere does the Bible say we are equal. I know you don't like that one. In fact, it says first apostles, second prophets, then teachers, miracle workers, and it goes on and on and on and on. Now it's not speaking in terms of value, but importance. We are all bought and purchased by His blood, but we have different levels of usability and importance with God. 
depending on how you submit to burdens or summons, God will use you and He will deem you more important than somebody else, which means that He will give you more favor than the other one because your assignment and your purpose and your mission. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Get into a place of an assignment and a purpose with God by obeying burdens, summons of the Holy Ghost. Where you say, I don't know why I'm doing this thing. Everything in me is restricted. I am bought and purchased with a price. I am crucified with Christ. I have no option but to do this. Have your seats, have your seats. Are you guys with me? So say with me, summons. Let me go, let me go. Why do people not experience summons? Their flesh is too alive. The year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Isaiah is saying, I had no visions. I had no encounters until the day I saw the Lord. And the day I saw the Lord, sorry, until the day Uzziah died. The day Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He said there was, Uzziah means pride, which is the strength of life, the strength of a man, which is flesh. Okay, carnality, speaking allegorically of flesh. When your flesh and carnality and the pride of your life is too strong, you're too much in the flesh, you cannot see God, you cannot have visions, summons won't come to you. Summons come to a yielded vessel. It comes to a vessel which is usable in the hands of God. Summons is what we call the technology of God. The mysteries, burdens, summons. It is how God talks and operates and moves and works. If you've, how many here have done something for the kingdom where it felt like you had no choice and it just, you moved and you did it and then it was like it's, it's a summon. Greatness comes when you can continually do it like that. I don't know if you guys are with me, but it starts by burdens. For example, you guys moved down here because you had a burden. You moved up from Durban. You had a burden. Abraham, leave your father and mother's house and go to a land that I will show you. I'm not going to tell you what land it is. Just go. Then I will show you. Everybody wants to know the land when they are called. No. God is saying go. It doesn't mean leave the church. Okay, it doesn't mean start your own ministry. Uh, no ministry starts outside of the local church. Selah. Nothing. Zilts. Show me one. I'll give you 10,000 rand. Immediately. One that is fruitful, eh? Because there are many that have started outside of the local church. Just nothing is happening. But they, it, they, God does not work outside of His order, His governmental structure, which is the ecclesia. And then He has certain gifts appointed by those local churches, which is to give grace to people. Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 7. So, I could get into so many things, but... Uh, about how your spirit speaks to God and how music is in your spirit and how people don't. So we teach you how to hear the voice of God. Is that okay? But I just want to stick, stick on to, to summonings. He says, 
From the east I summoned a bird of prey, because the time is over. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. God is saying, when I call you, when I summon you, it's like you will have no choice. Parents will say you are mad. Family will say, but you just, you don't know why. You just know that you know that you know. You have to do this thing. Some people get a summoning when it comes to giving. I have it all the time. I outgive almost, I, I outgive 99.9% of business people in this church. But Leon, how can you boast like that? Boast in the Lord. I'm boasting in the Lord. Are you guys with me? I promise you right now. I had give 99.9% .9 of business people. Yet God took me from nowhere. How did it start? Burdens. I attended to burdens. And as I attended to burdens, it became summons. And every time my ministry would shift or change or go into a thing, a summon would come upon me. And because I'm prophetic, that summon would be an encounter or a vision or a dream or an angel. But a summon would come on me. And I would be unable to do... I remember when we started ministry in Johannesburg, my wife and I driving, leaving our salary behind with 25, 30,000 rands of expenses a month, leaving our salary completely behind, not one cent of income. I was blinded by it because I was summoned. All I remember was driving in the car up to Johannesburg. Our car is full of our clothes. That is, if somebody else would have seen me, they would think, You're, don't you understand? You just lost everything. In their natural mind, they would have looked, you lost everything. No, no, no. I was summoned. All you need is a summoning. And you can make it. And you can thrive and be significant where you are at. Are you guys with me? It is a conviction that's so stronger than a conviction. It is where you have no option. You're just like a robot doing the thing that you're being... Why? Because God is invoking, God is summoning you from there. There's Lorenz. Lorenz sowed his car. A week after you got saved, eh? Just raise your hands just so that people can see. Have your seats. And he's still in church. <laughs> Are you guys with me? And I was summoned to take his car. I... <laughs> No, but look, that was a seed for where we are today. So you can step in and say, God, I refuse to struggle here and there. This is a prophetic right that I have. That I speak, I'm speaking of summonings. Where you have no, where you have no option. Listen, I want, to get to, I want to get to one verse if I can get to this. Go to Acts 20 verse 21. Acts 20 verse 21. I'll close with this one. Acts 20 verse 21. Testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound. Say with me, bound. Paul is saying, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. He knew exactly what's going to happen to him there. 
Are you guys with me? The prophet came to him in Acts chapter number 15, took his hands and tied him with his belt and said, if you go to Jerusalem, you'll be captured and bound. Imagine I prophesy over somebody, I say, listen here, if you're going to go there, you're going to be destroyed and killed. But the summoning in you is so strong. Even if a prophet says that, you are bound by the Spirit. Paul is saying, I know I might get killed there, but I'm bound by the Spirit. When a summonings come on you, it is the Holy Spirit binding you, forcing you and commanding you to go. I don't know if you guys are with me. And you know there's going to be danger there, but you have no option. You are a man that is bound by the Spirit, bound with a crucified life. Your life is not your own. You don't care whether you have no money, whether you're going to lose everything. It is a summoning from heavens above that has summoned you to go in. Listen here, the call of God upon your life happens through a summoning. Say with me, I am summoned to do the call of God. Say it again. Say, I am summoned to do the call of God. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Keep standing. And I could have gone on. Maybe next week I'm going to go further. How, what is the, how do I get to a place where I can be summoned? That's what we're going to get into next week Sunday. Because people are like, okay, great. Summonings are great. But how do you get to a place where that summoning comes? One of the things is tongues. The technology of tongues. The ability to build yourself up like an edifice. Like a strong, tall, standing structure. The moment you pray in tongues, you see, I, was, I asked the church to pray in tongues and I could see, oh dear Jesus, like uh, 20%, 10% don't know how to pray in tongues. Or the others, are, or, or they're lying, but they're just standing. I say, pray in tongues, they're just standing. No wonder... You are not born again. You are saved, hopefully, but not born again. Born again means to be born from above, baptized with the Holy Ghost, to do kingdom, to be moving and demonstration of power. So you accepted Jesus into your heart, but you're not born from above. Are you guys with me? Tonight we'll pray if you come. If you can't pray in tongues, come tonight. We'll pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'll be here at five o'clock and we're going to get into how to be used by God. Part two, which is going to be very important. Uh, and come and we're going to minister to everyone and so on. But tongues, having the ability to just pray as much. Listen, there would be times where I prayed eight hours a day in tongues. Just Eight hours. Until you become a conduit for heaven. Then you see heaven and God using you. Are you guys with me? Raise your hands to the Lord. Raise your hands to the Lord. Father, I pray for the anointing. I pray for the glory of God to rest upon them. May the power of God fill their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all the honor, the praise and the glory. Amen. Come on, let's give a praise offering to you.